0: hello and hi welcome to another slice of sci-fi i'm summer brooks and my guest today is director justin p lang who is the i'm going to say agent provocateur behind a new gothic horror film called the visitor coming out october 7th from epics uh it'll be on demand and in theaters on the 7th and then Streaming through epics, I think in December sometime. So you will all get to share in this little uh, quiet bit of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, intensely purposeful misdirection and uh,
1: just the
0: the search for evil to embrace it with with uh, a blinding hot passion. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Justin.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. Now, this is a, a crazy yet quiet film. How did you come across this script and say, oh, yeah, I'm making this one?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, the script was sent to me uh, through my representative, who uh, actually... Also, I believe represents the writers, um, and one of the writers, Adam Mason, had actually uh, seen my first film, *The Dark*, and and, and liked it, um, and thought I might be a good fit for this. Um, so, you know, and then and then, so Blumhouse had sent me the script, and I read it, and it really, you know, I obviously really enjoyed it. It it invoked for me. Um, two of my favorite horror films, which would be Rosemary's Baby and The Wicker Man. Um, it also sort of was playful in its structure and how it you know, worked within the genre. Um, when I was, you know, I started the script and it's, I sort of felt like I was reading a haunted house movie and then suddenly it took a turn and I suddenly was feeling like I was more in the realm of like The Wicker Man, like a more folk horror movie. Um, and I thought that was really interesting and unique, um, and uh, and then it was dealing with themes, you know, of identity and family, and um, you know, sort of how much control we have over who we become and things like that. And that is something that really spoke to me as well. So I felt like I could, you know, have a perspective and a voice on the on the film. And uh, so yeah, I, I ended up. Um, talking with Blumhouse and, and, and we felt like it was a good fit. And, and so we moved on from there, which was, which was great. Because, you know, as a horror filmmaker, it's uh, sort of a no-brainer uh, when it comes to, if you get the opportunity to work with Blumhouse, that's quite, ex- quite exciting.
0: And uh, I think to some extent the Asylum are putting out just lots and lots and lots of content. And for the most part, they're fun. Uh, don't want to give too many uh, spoilers away, but Visitor is about a woman, Maya, who moves back to her childhood home with her new husband, Robert. And while exploring the old family homestead, he discovers a portrait that looks like him only it's very, very old, and he begins this descent into madness trying to figure out who this person is, why it looks like him, and uh, shenanigans ensue. <laughs> and uh, the you said you got this, it was already written, did you make any changes to it? Before going into production and filming,
1: uh, yeah, you know, there's, um, in in general, you know, when 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 because this, is, well, I guess I shouldn't say. I mean, this is the first project that I directed that I didn't write, but even as a writer, I would assume, you know, as you go in, uh, there's going to be some changes that happen in that situation in that setup, um, but luckily, you know. Adam and Simon were really just generous artists and sort of like everyone involved, wanted to make the best movie possible. Um, So, you know, we're open. There was never any sort of issues or infighting or anything. It was just, it was very much everybody was on board and trying to make the, you know, uh, the best film we could. And um, so, yeah, in, in, in general, there were some, some changes um and even things that would happen just based on you know production challenges or based on um uh for instance there's a sequence later in the film uh with a character named max lebron um, that in the script was was set in a different uh location and when we found the the house that we were going to shoot at it was a big, sprawling property in, in outside, just outside New Orleans. And um, it, we were taking a tour of the property, and we found this one section of it that had these immense, sort of really spooky uh, canopy of, of, of old trees that just really evoked something for me. Um, and when I saw it, and I just said, you know, I I, I can't, in good conscience make a movie on this property and not utilize these this this location and so i ended up sort of reworking that section to, to fit that location um and you know it, it, i think it, it worked really well um and that's the kind of those those i feel like that's the exciting part of filmmaking is those moments of discovery like you have to be open to them um, and uh and yeah, but ultimately, any changes or anything that happen are all uh, in service of making the best movie possible. And also, trying—you know—the the priority is to is to honor the original work and the writers and their and their vision of what they wanted to make. And so, there's no sort of wholesale, gigantic things. I mean, this is all in the realm of what Simon and Adam had in mind.
0: Mention that the. The, the film, the, the, the location was outside of New Orleans. Talk about that town and that house. That house just had so much history, so much weight to it. And the town, even though the outside sets scenery seemed open and inviting, all of the indoor shots seemed... Uh, claustrophobic, mm. and that that added to the uh, that that on edge feeling you get as you know, you watch Robert kind of lose his marbles, and so
1: to yeah. speak. Well, it's interesting. I mean, it's uh, the movie, you know, intentionally so is supposed to feel sort of rural and countryish in a way, but the. But, you know if you went to the locations we were, that, that all had to be sort of constructed because it wasn't. We were pretty much either in New Orleans proper or you know within 20, 30 minutes outside, and, which really isn't farmland, you know um, it's, it's, um, it's much more urban. Um, and, and also on top of that, um, we were you know we were picking our location specifically to that. Um, and the house, the exterior of the house that we used, which is on that property I was talking about, um, we were also going to use the interior of that house, which was really marvelous and, and, and a great house. But just as we were getting ready to shoot, a hurricane hit, um, this was about a year ago, and, uh, and, and that, that house uh, had extensive damage inside so, to the point where we, it was not shootable. Uh, due to flooding, and so we were able to use the exterior of that house, but we ended up having to find a different house for the interior, which we found in New Orleans proper. So all the interiors of the Maya and Robert house are are actually we're in New Orleans, um, which was a fun project for our sound team because there's constantly you know <laughs> rail cars going outside uh, throughout the scenes, and we had to somehow you know dampen down the city-ish sounds of, of that, uh, of that location to still make it feel in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we shot in a, in a barn that was actually more of like an event space out there. And that was the church. Um, but then we found a different barn for the exterior of the barn. Um, the, uh, you know, there was a lot of that sort of interior, one place, exterior, another place, um, you know, picking up shots in different areas uh, that were within, you know, the further outside New Orleans you go, the more rural you get. And so we were able to go out for a few shots here and there to put, you know, to kind of tie tie it all together. Um, but yeah, it was really piecemeal. It was really just sort of forming um, all of that.
0: I think uh, the occasional sound of a freight train rolling through far, far <laughs> in the background would kind of add to that, that, uh, that isolated rural quality, because how many people get to, to hear freight trains running in the middle of the night anymore?
1: Yeah, freight train would have been great. Uh, what we have is a rail car, which like the, um, I don't know, what do you call them? uh almost like trolleys or something outside uh, uh, right outside yeah. the window and you know in a city you have the more um public transportation type of deal and and it's very you know frequent so that that sort of and then cars and honking and stuff it just sort of took us a bit out of the realm but I mean you know that's that's part of the, that's part of the deal is you just you're trying to create a world and and create um uh create the world that that's right for the movie and it's rarely the case that that is just ready-made for you as a filmmaker. Sometimes you have to piece that together.
0: Other than the sound challenges, what was, what was the most fun part of uh, the story, getting it on film, going, okay, yeah, we nailed that one. That's awesome.
1: Oh, without question, there's a, um, there's a sequence towards the end uh, that's sort of like a ritualistic, Uh, um, sequence that that was always you know it was sort of elaborate and um, had a lot of weird ideas to explore and it was sort of it was just a sort of thing that I hadn't really tried in my career Um, and that I was excited to sort of let loose a little bit uh, visually and uh, and there were some There were a lot of challenging aspects to that sequence, um, but everyone was it was game and excited, and and I'm really happy with how it turned out.
0: So what what is next up on on your
1: your production slate? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know for certain. Uh, I, I have um, a handful of projects that I'm working on. Some that I wrote, you know, along along the lines of previous films where I would write and direct and then some that I, there's one that I didn't write that I'm attached to direct. And, um, and then there's a, uh, a limited, there's an adaption of a book into like a limited TV series, uh, you know, horror TV series that I'm working on. I just finished the pilot for and we're hoping to get that going. So, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to stay busy. Um, and, uh, and, but first we'll get this one out there and then we'll see what, which one hits next. <laughs> Hopefully one of them. But that's the Ooh. thing with this film, with this industry. You just never know what you know. It could be none of them. It could be something that just comes across like the visitor. You know, it just comes across your desk, you fall in love with it, and and it and it gets made.
0: And do you think the aftermath of uh the pandemic lockdown has made people seek out more horror than before?
1: Uh that's a good question. I really I don't know that for sure. Um, you know, it's a it's a genre that you know has a lot of staying power it, uh i think to some extent you know it has such a broad fan base but it also can be something that you don't you know doesn't that doesn't always need huge budgets um, so they can be attractive to investors you know um so it's sort of like it's it's a it's a good place to go for for uh up-and-coming writers and, and directors if they if you know if it's your thing and uh and it just we just happen to be in a time right now i think where there's a ton of talent out there and um the the genre is really in a in a boom you know it's just there's there's so much good stuff so much much good work coming out each year uh so it's sort of hard to ignore you know i'm not sure if it has to do with the pandemic or if it's just you know the genre is strong and, and it's and it's supports uh strong uh, filmmakers and artists.
0: The Visitor on Digital On Demand on October 7th uh, from Epics and Blumhouse. Epics will be releasing it uh, December 2022. Thank you so much for your time today Justin.
1: Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you.
0: And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking, in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic, we've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up to date? Jennifer R. Donahue's Surveillance Fatigue has you covered in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families, to herds of literal Einstein's
1: and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching, Escape Pod has it all at escapepod.org. So buckle up, because it's story time.
0: Hi, this is Barbara Crampton, and you're listening to slice of
1: sci-fi. Ooh, scary. Yeah,
0: and once again, the movie is The Visitor, out now, actually, from uh, Blumhouse and Epics and Paramount. And should be available on demand and on digital and will be airing on Epix in December. Go check it out if you are a fan of gothic and psychological horror. But What do you think? Let me know. Call in your questions and comments. Are you a fan of psychological horror? Are you a fan of gothic horror? What types of horror stories get you excited anticipatory excitement to uh to see something new let me know the number to call is 602-635-6976 or shoot me an email summer at sliceofsci ficom you can also leave a comment or question in the discussion section for this episode You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher or on Podchaser, please consider leaving us a review. Let folks know you are enjoying this podcast and maybe they should check it out for themselves. You can follow us on Twitter, it's at Slice of Sci-Fi. And, uh, get a conversation going on over there about a great many things. I will talk about TV shows, movies, science fiction, fantasy, horror, uh, mysteries, thrillers. You can throw, uh, books in there every now and then. Uh, especially books that are being adapted to TV shows or movies. Uh... What else? Sports, sometimes music, World Cup is coming up, yay. That should be interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. So yeah, I'll talk about a lot of different stuff on Twitter. I'd like to thank everyone who's currently helping to support Slice of Sci-Fi and all these shows and websites in the Slice of Sci-Fi universe. Your donations, your support, help keep all that stuff online. So I am grateful. If you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi, where you can pick a tier. Everyone who is a supporting level, contributor, patron, gets to choose a perk. Every month, I pull a winning email address out of the hat, and that person gets to choose from a book, a DVD, a Blu-ray, a 4K, from many of the materials that uh, I get for review here on the shows, and I can't keep all of it. I just, I don't have the space. I really don't. And uh, so, the supporters get dibs on the cool stuff. And if you're interested in supporting but don't want to commit to a, uh, a monthly pledge, you can donate every now and then through PayPal. The link there is paypal.me slash scifisummer or through ko ko-fi, ko-fi.com slash sliceofsci-fi. Uh, you'll also be able to buy items from curated genre content. Over at sliceofsci-fi.net, we are putting together lists of uh, obscure and popular favorite things, which you can buy copies of for yourself. Sliceofsci-fi.net, we're still building it out, so be patient. Or if you see something there that's currently caught your eye, go for it. Ah, but that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care.